Racing. It's green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light is on for the Green Light On podcast. Oh, yes, it is. The Green Light's on for the Green Light On Premier Racing podcast as we count down and draw closer to the big group ones in Melbourne town with the spring carnival of Greyhound Racing well and truly up and running. And when we talk about Sandown Park, there's one man who's sort of prouncing around at the moment, just uh, wandering about wearing the, the King's crown. I speak of Jason Adams. Exciting time of year, Jace. How are you, brother? Yeah, well, thanks, Jim, and, and looking forward to the tail end of the year. I mean, we're really about to pick up and, and get into the business end from a Victorian point of view. A lot of our stars are either being in Sydney or in Adelaide this week, so a bit of a dull meeting this time around, but still 12 winners to be found. How was your weekend, mate? How did you spend grand final day? Oh, yeah, my weekend was uh, was was probably better than yours, as it turned out, to be honest, mate, being a, Clearly. a, a Swans fan, but... Um, yeah, before we before we do chat about that, I did just want to make mention of this Thursday night meeting straight off the top. We aren't expecting too much because I looked at the form and I thought, Jay, surely they're kidding. Like, this is a bloody hard meeting to try and sort out. It's hard. I mean, as I said, a lot of the stars and the, the ones look, look, look to and, and don't have to do the form to, to, to know what they're going to do aren't here. So um, it is a bit of a head spinner, but, yeah, hopefully we can still have a good crack. Sydney Swans, mate. What happened? What went wrong? How do you feel yeah. about it? Oh, it's devastating, to be honest, to be up and about for, for most of the year and, and turn up thinking you're a show to just not even be there, mate. It was it was horrendous. But anyway, the uh, the bridges are still cold, so that was the, the one positive throughout the afternoon. Do you do you think Geelong were just outstanding? Because, like, I watched the whole game and, and they were dynamite from the moment the starter let them go. Oh, a combination of both. I think it couldn't have been worse for the red and white. They didn't show up. They just didn't have the same intent they've had for... For months, and the cats were unbelievable. The likes of Selwood and Dangerfield just cut loose. So, yeah, combination of both, but far, far too good and, and well deserved. I mean, what a, what a team they've been all year. Yeah, so much for too old and too slow, I guess. And uh, Jace, I've been listening to a bit of music this week. Um, I'm a, I'm a massive, massive fan of Lewis Capaldi. I, I just love his work and. Um, he's released a couple of uh, covers. He's released one this week um, somewhere on one of the radio stations overseas uh, in Europe, um, a, a cover of, of a Britney Spears song. And, mate, if this guy isn't our generation's meatloaf, I'll say he. Like, he is just an absolute superstar. Are you a, a Lewis Capaldi fan? Mate, I tell you what, I've never heard of that name in my life. What the hell? Are you joking? The best, the- I've never heard of him. The best music experience oh. of my week was probably William Saturday afternoon. He was brilliant. Oh, mate, you haven't heard of Lewis... I'm going under in this time, I feel like... Oh, I've actually buggered the lyrics I'm up. I'm but... we played and we might ring a bell, oh, but mate, not by name. I'm telling you I'm now. I'm ordinary in that area. I'm you, ordinary. You know Meatloaf, yeah? Yeah. Just think of a Meatloaf of our generation. Like, he is he is just a superstar, mate. I, I'm going to give you some homework. I want you to jump on once we finish this podcast, Google him, do what you have to, listen to some music, and I reckon you'll fall in love, mate, and he'll be uh, your new ringtone on your mobile phone. But let's not worry about that. Let's talk racing and run of the week from last week. Run of the week. Well, I just love when this podcast sort of just ventures down, you know, side streets. We end up talking about uh, great musicians that my great mate Jason Adams has no idea about. And I'm going to play the audio from uh, from last week because with the Phoenix, with the Melbourne Cup, with the Top Gun, all the big races just around the corner. I mean, we're on the fringe of those. 
There's a greyhound by the name of Quick Smart who was exactly that last week. This was a statement run, smashing the clock last Thursday night, and here is how Quick Smart went about it. Racing, favourite began fair, quick smart, good speed out from Wild Bob, up to second, quick smart, third was Dark Compass into the first turn, who bumped in to taste the gold, going forward was Jebediah, and then came Cash It In, well back to Striker, recovering Dark Compass with taste the gold, last of all, Dewana Fernando, quick smart, went up on the outside and said, ta-da, and raced away from Wild Bob, who can't find any more, Jebediah's into third, but have a look at quick smart. Quick, smart, ultra-impressive over Wild Bob and Jebediah. I'm Four calling for a rename, Jace, of this dog. I, I don't think Quick, smart's right. Why? What do you want? It needs one more word. It should be Quick, smart, strong, I reckon, because that run home was enormous. Yeah, big. I mean, he's probably been threatening to do something like that for a while. I think since he debuted in, what was it, would have been probably May, and from a good litter, and Tim Britton was clear in saying that he looks to be the, the best one we've got. So... Yeah, it's a clear uh, signal and, look, developing to a certain stage where, as you mentioned in the, in the intro, the, the perfect time of the year with all those feature races, including the, the shootout, which is right up his alley on what he did last week. I can't recall too many greyhounds that don't lead until the end of the back straight and run 29-10s. Like, it's near unheard of. Thursday's preview. Well, I was waiting for a response from Jason there, but uh, he obviously agrees that it's near unheard of. Race and Jace, Thursday night preview. We've already said it's going to be a tough one, but uh, let's sort of start the over and under as to how many winners we're expecting. I think if we could steer home three out of 12, I'd be pretty happy this Thursday night. Would be around the mark. I think that'd be serviceable for sure, but hopefully we can sneak up towards four. To me, that's that's about the benchmark. You want to get a third of, of the winners in a... On a Metro card. Well, I love the pressure you put us under under this uh, great podcast banner, and I think we can deliver. Race one, the uh, the home of the Sportsbet Melbourne Cup final, a maiden final over the 5.15, and who knows, maybe maybe there's a greyhound in here that's going to make a fast rise to the top and have a look at a Melbourne Cup series. I'm with number one, Manuka Boy. Greyhound's racing well. The last three or four starts since coming back this campaign have just been getting better and better. Draws the red, big, big player from the inside. I agree. Number one, Manuka Boy for good friend on the podcast, Jim Intelji. If Manuka Boy gets up, I might have to, to take up uh, Teldy's orders and go down and get a pizza off him. So number one, Manuka Boy. Well, don't forget, when Teldy gets a winner, all you have to mention when you go to his uh, great pizza shop down there in Carrum, I think it is, uh, mention the podcast and there's a 10 or 20% discount, I think. He's still rolling with that, uh, the great man, Teldy. I was actually going to get him on the podcast because... Uh, it kills me to say that uh, when he came on, the numbers were the best they've ever been on the podcast. So they got around him, that's for sure. Yeah, they did. And he's a good man, told you. He's a mad keen Collingwood supporter. So um, I'm not confused why you got him on the show. No, exactly right, mate. A legend to be going for the Mighty Magpies. Race number two, this is where the racing, I think, gets a lot harder. Thought the win of Hey Scooby was good on Sunday. I was very, very keen on him to win that race. But... The only, the only concern is, can he reproduce it, is I guess the question. And it's just such an even field. There's not a lot of speed in the race. Texas Longhorn's probably got a bit of toe. She's for real, that immediate box speed. But if, if Hay Scooby was to push through and run the 5.10 that he did here on Sunday, the concern I have is I think he's better drawn out wide. Um, but if he can run that, he's by that Fernando Baltiz I am repeat mating number 55. And I think he'll be hard to beat. <laughs> 
It's a bit like that, isn't it? But they just keep on producing. Is their bets of the night, to be honest. So number two, Hayes Scooby. I just thought there's no pace in one, uh, no pace in three. So he's going to get opportunity to reproduce something like he did when he set that five ten. So it'll be one of my uh, my favourites of the night. So number two, Hayes Scooby. Race three. I've got no idea in this one. Uh, we're going to have a chat. In a moment with Brianna Robertson-Leach, she might be able to point us in the direction of uh, out for glory. But if anything, I'm with Millie Bale here in a very, very even race. Yeah, we need some advice here. Number eight, Ferocious Katie for me. Happy to get wide last week and, and showed a really good turn of foot early. So number eight for me, Ferocious Katie. Yeah, she's very, very quick, the pink, and the seven will cut to the rail early. What about uh, race number six? I'm uh, Race four, sorry. I'm still having mouse issues from last week where... The left and right buttons aren't working too well, mate. So race number four, I'm probably leaning to Shazani. I just think this Greyhound stepped up to the 600 and really taken it on and, and, and handled it well. So going to another level in the last few runs, I think Shazani could be hard to beat here. Looks a serious tie, that's for sure. I went with number four, cashing in. Just thought she might want to get the jump um, on them and a bit like Quick Smart last week, maybe just not too far away from a real statement performance. So that was my gut feel about her. Race five, I'm not keen on Keen, but I'm keen enough to tip Keen to win the race, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I went with you, Dita Bale. Well, Keen on her, well, yeah, well, Keen on her last week, Jim, and yep. she was very, very good. I couldn't see a reason to take her on. What about race six? Um, so I think she can find the top. I'm keen on race six, mate. Uh, Ariane Bales in this big opal rock site. I love big opal rocks, but he was disappointing last week. It's as simple as that. So I'm jumping off ship a little bit like we did with Dookie Devil when uh, when that greyhound started winning, which is a concern. Probably the time to get on big opal rocks now, but uh, I'm with Ariane Bale. Big run in Sydney in the Sydney Cup. Uh, looks to be... Look, we spoke about her on the show just recently. She looks to have now gone to that next level that she sort of always promised. So she's probably my best bet of the night in what is a pretty hard hard night of racing. Oh, for a long time, she's shown she's got a huge, huge motor. So hopefully she can pull it all together over there. There's 700 metres. I think she's a massive chance here. And just on Big Opal Rocks, yeah, just hit out on Sunday night after the last at Sandown in it. Just a hand slip child at the getting right for Thursday and set the quickest run home ever seen on the track. 10.01 is absolutely oh. outrageous. So clearly a fast dog, but it's all about putting it together. Um, and we'll see what he's capable of out of the 700. Hopefully brings it all with him. He's the kind of dog that right now you just have a little small bet on to win, say, the bowl trees. Because if he... If he takes to the staying racing and he, and he does everything right, he could be by far and above the fastest stayer of this era. Well, there's clearly no questions about his ability. It's it's between the years. So if this step up to 700 metres, can get him on pace earlier, mm. can gain a bit of confidence, get the snowball going, he's capable of anything on his ability. We know that. That's mm, a... Uh... It's a scary thought what he could do if, if they can, uh, can can get him to do what he can do, if that makes sense. Race number seven, well, these races are getting harder as the meeting goes on. I, I'm probably with Wizbang Betty, probably got the most scope, the most upside. The draw's a little bit tricky, but this isn't the, the strongest grade five in town we've ever seen. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure where to look, but landed on number two, Renarko Bailers. First up over 700 metres at Sandown, so... Yeah, tough race, but he was the one I went towards. What about uh, race number eight, this one, the free-for-all? I'm, I'm probably just going to have a small place bet on Rickard and Rick. He's just a bit of a warrior. You know what you're going to get with him. He's drawn well near the inside, but 
this is another race that I think is really, really hard. Like, what's Rapaki Rocks going to do? Can El Dorado get over from the outside? The form's probably tapered off a little bit the last two, and it's just that kind of race where I'm not too sure where to look and, and how to break this race down. Well, it's clearly the best race of the night, the one we all should be looking most forward to. I just went with Rick and Rick. because it's that honesty week to week. You know, he's always going to charge... Um, he's had limited uh, good draws over the past few months, but his past few weeks have been pretty good. So um, in a race where I couldn't quite work out the map, I thought I'd go with the honest one in Rick and Henry. Green light on podcast, uh, race number nine, mix four and five, five fifteen. Almost the race, I'll sit on the fence and not even give a tip. That's how hard this one is, Jace. Yeah, I went with number five, Baby JC. It's just on a real picket fence winning streak mm. at the moment. So on paper, she's first up at the track, but she has seen the track. She tried, I think it was last Wednesday, and went pretty well for what you'd expected in her first hit out. So not going, going in blind, and I think she's done enough to, to get my confidence at least in this that's one. That's the inside info, mate, that'll get me to play the ukulele and actually have a, a little play <laughs> now Baby JC. I'm no good at it. My little son plays the uka. There we go. But I'm going to go with... So baby. transition from a guitar last week to ukulele this week. <laughs> oh, mate, anything anything that um, it gets easier. I think there's less, you know, length in a, in a ukulele. So I'm rolling with that at the moment. The guitar's sitting there looking at me, but uh, haven't played it since the last time we recorded, mate. But uh, no, I'm going to jump on the Baby JC bandwagon as well. Race 10, uh, I'm going to go with the red uh, Lovaz Bale. I just think probably one of the better greyhounds in the race and, and, and unlucky that Kai Bale was the greyhound chasing him last week. So with the inside draw, drawn nicely, uh, I think this will be a victory for Love as Bale. But again, not overly confident because there is some depth in the race. Yeah, I was with number one, Love as Bale as well. And I was tossing up between going with him and, and Hey Scooby for the best of the night. I ended up settling on Hey Scooby, but uh, Love as Bale wasn't too far behind. So I agree with you. Race 11, I'm with Sir Chappie. Um, sometimes he, he doesn't know how to win, but he's going to get a really nice run into this race, I feel. The two misses the kick, runs off the tracks. So there's going to be a little bit of space near the rail, and he, he's the kind of dog who'll have a unit to win, four units to play. So I feel like I've said that a few times about him, but that's the way I'd play the 11th. Well, he's a lock for the trifectas. Don't mm. two ways about that. I went with Peacock. He pinched the city race here not too long ago and I sense similar sort of circumstances in this one as well. So hopefully he can get to the top and in this sort of field be a winning chance. So number six for me. Owned by Mitch Ubeya, who they call the Peacock, and he's named a dog after mm-hmm. himself. That's how well he's going. <laughs> <laughs> he's humming, isn't he, the Peacock? Oh, that's it, mate. He's living in Bali at the moment on holiday, so living the dream, they say. Race 12, last event, two minutes to ten. Uh, I want to have a chat too about race times in just a moment before we move on. But uh, race ten, can you race ten, race twelve? Can you tip the winner of race twelve for me? Fastest dog in the race, fastest dog in the race. Team number six, Emron Dan. I'm not sure uh, how his race looks in box six, but I think you'll find a way because he, he looks to be a heavily talented type. How do you see it? Oh, look, it's another race where I've got really no idea. If anything, I was maybe just maybe going to have a small play on, on a greyhound like number two, Snapper Smith. But if Amron Dan finds the rail at any point in time, uh, I think Amron Dan will be winning. Um, just before we move on, mate, to the Punters Punning Club, I just wanted to chat about race times. I think what Sandown do through the winter is so good. I think we've spoke about this once or twice before, but... Um, I noticed the Million Dollar Chase was on it at 10.30. For me, that didn't make sense. I know they were trying to get the free-to-air coverage with uh, the NRL and everything else, but I, I feel like in the in the game of greyhound racing where we're so big on animal welfare and, and looking after 
the animals, but sometimes we forget to, to look after the trainers, the participants and those who are involved in the sport. And I think here in Victoria, we're, we're definitely making progress and, and Sandown Park leading the way with, with that early finish in winter. And I've noticed across the board, we're starting to see earlier finishes. Um, even the warnable meetings don't seem to go as late on a Thursday night. And I think that's a really good move from from the whole team at GRV and the clubs as well. And, and obviously Sky as well for, for assisting in, in making those time slots work. But I think it's something we, we really need to take seriously moving forward. I couldn't agree more. It has been a luxury throughout winter for a number of years now that we get the six o'clock start, uh, end up finishing at about 10. The Meadows on a Saturday night usually starts around 6.30. Hmm. Unfortunately, on the 13th of October, I think it is, we're going to go back to the seven o'clock start. So, yeah, I'm with you, Jim. There's been a, a number of times over the years where you've sort of uh, gone to bed on a, on a Monday night and still two or three races to go at Shepparton and you just think, mm, is this really the right thing? So, yeah, I couldn't agree more, but let's hope long term there's, there's some sort of thought around that and a bit of movement too. Punters Punting Club Punters Punting Club My ukuleles in hand Because I need luck And I'm hoping the uka Can bring me some luck this week Jay So I'm just going to go 25 each way Out of yarn bale I think The only real concern Is if Big Opal Rocks Turns up and does what he can But I'm sort of hopeful on that run last week. And, and I was all over Big Opal Rocks last week. So it's a concern when you jump ship and, and then jump ship and, and then make the other dog the, the best bet of the night. But that's exactly what I've done with Ariane Bale, mate. How do you play the punters punting club this week? Well, I've kept it pretty simple for a while now, Jim. It seems to, to work all right for me. So $50 on the nose, race two at number two is Scooby. Well, that'll do us, uh, Jace. Good luck, mate. Uh, happy putting this week. Uh, where are you recording from today? Are you in some little den underground or something? Because we haven't had the best signal with you, which is a rarity. Well, I'm at home. I'm in my normal uh, comfort seat here, Jim. I'm not sure what's going on. It's a deplorable area for reception and has been notorious for years. So maybe that's the blame, but we might jump on the Zoom next time to make sure of it. Don't get me started on bad signal, please. But uh, happy putting on Thursday night. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Enjoy, mate. Inside Info. Well, Inside Info time now ahead of the Thursday night meeting at Sandown Park. And we're heading to the Ballarat Goldfields. And a a boom young trainer who's having some real good success has managed a few Sandown Park victories. I speak of Brianna Robertson-Leach, who's been good enough to join us on the podcast for the first time. Bri, welcome to the Green Light on Podcast. How are you going? Good, thanks. Thank you for that. Hey, I'm absolutely wrapped to have you on. I want to learn a little bit about you before we chat about Out for Glory, who's racing in the third race at Sandown on Thursday night. How, how did you get involved in greyhound racing? Um, Actually, well, my family did um, harness racing, and I wanted a, I had a pet greyhound, and he um, had to get put down, sadly. But um, I wanted to get another pet one, and Dad was like to me, oh, just get one to race, and no point having one as a pet. You might as well race one. So um, I got a dog called Boston Light. And um, I ended up getting someone down the road trained her for me. And um, she ended up winning her first start. And then from then, I just always had greyhounds. Yeah. And are, are you surprised? Like, are you surprised how much success you've had so quickly? I, I'm actually really surprised. I, um, yeah, I didn't think I would actually be this successful. Like, I um, always dreamed of training greyhounds as a job. But 
Yeah, I was surprised when I left school of how much success I've actually had. <laughs> I think all the help I've had from friends at the tracks helped a lot with that. So Yeah, yeah that, that was going to be my next question. Have you had a couple of mentors that have been able to point you in the right direction? Because most young people that we, we hear from, and, and even seasoned trainers say it's so important to have a, a mentor that can guide you in the right direction when you're starting out. Yeah, um, Donna Knight and David Gill and the whole table at the track have helped a lot. Because, um, yeah, David Gills gave me a few dogs to train and he's always keen to give me tips and stuff. And Donna Knight, I'm really good friends with her and she's I'm always having long conversations with her about, you know, good ways to improve how I train and, yeah, and how to improve the dogs and everything. She's really good help with that stuff. I tell you what, getting advice from Dave Gill would be pretty handy, the, uh, <laughs> the multiple winning Melbourne Cup yeah. trainer. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's really good. He's, yeah, he's, he's lovely. He's always, like, down to help and... It's really, it's really helpful having someone who's successful and knows like all about the dogs and has been in the game for so long. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's awesome like to have someone like that actually help me as well. Now, how, how long ago was it when you actually first started training? It's only been a couple of years, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, I think I've only had my licence for oh, um, maybe just, just under two years, probably about a year and a half, I'd say. And, and the first winner you had, can you remember that? Yeah, I actually... Um, it was um, Mystic Muse, and I, I had a disappointment I couldn't miss, so Donna, Donna actually took her to the races for me. I was in the waiting room um, <laughs> of the dentist watching the race, and, and I was barracking really loud, and um, she won by six lengths, I think it was actually. And it, yeah, it was amazing. And you've had some success, I noticed, at Sandown Park. You've won a couple of the Sunday races on a Sunday afternoon. Can you explain what it's like to, to win a race at potentially one of the, the best racetracks when it comes to greyhounds in the world? Oh, yeah. Well, I always get so surprised when I even place at Sandown. Like, <laughs> I, when I won my first race, I was shocked because it was actually a first start there too. And, yeah, and, and um, the other two I won, I was really surprised at them too. It's, it's actually never better feeling than winning at Sandown. That's my favourite track to win at. <laughs> And, and training now, what what's the plan? How many greyhounds have you got in the kennel at the moment? Are you hoping to expand and get bigger and, and, and down the track? What's the, the dream for you? Is it to, to do full-time training on a massive scale and, and try and win a Melbourne Cup? Yeah, yeah it is. I've actually, um, I'm actually moving to my brother's place. We're building a 20-dog kennel there because I've only got about 15 race dogs here that I can have. So I'm moving to Dad's to expand and do it full-time. Like, obviously, I'm doing it full-time now, but, yeah, to have more dogs and hopefully get more success, hopefully win a Melbourne Cup one day. Well, that's the uh, that's yeah. the dream, isn't it? Uh, race number three. Yeah, exactly. It, it might start with Out for Glory. This Greyhound's racing at Sandown on Thursday night, drawn box number five, which is obviously a challenge, and even last mm-hmm. week had, had uh, not a great deal of luck from an awkward draw. Let's be honest, box number six has drawn the fight oh, yeah. this week, but... The Greyhound's going well. One at Sandown four starts ago, and last week showed good early speed. So box five is obviously the challenge, but you'd be confident with the sense that he can begin and he can hit the line with a bit of strength as well. Oh yeah, exactly. And um, oh, I I know he can win there. I just just hopefully from the box he can. But I know he he does struggle to get good boxes that dog. But yeah, he's a good dog. He he's strong as well. He's yeah. So hopefully, but. Well, <laughs> Me and Jace on this podcast, we are desperate for advice because we thought it was one of the hardest races of the night. Are you slightly confident going in? Who do you see as the biggest danger? Have you done the form? Oh, actually, I actually haven't had time to look at the form yet. I've I've um, got heaps of dogs racing this week, so I've barely even looked at any of the races, honestly. Um, but um, I, I do think it has a good chance, though, because 
he's feeling a lot better now because he was a little bit sore off his last run. And I've worked really hard on him, and he's he's working really well at home. And he's seeming like I reckon he'll do good. So, and, and you mentioned yeah. a moment ago you've got a big week with a lot of runners. Is there one that stands out that you think, well, this one's just going to win this week that the punters can can jump on on the podcast? Well, I um I reckon I got Kenya Liston in um, Wednesday night at Ballarat, and I reckon he's got a good chance. Like it's only a six dog field, and yeah, he's and he's he's getting stronger and he's improving a lot all the time. I reckon he's a good chance, personally. But Well, we wish you well, not only with Kenya List, and we'll be, we'll be black-booking that runner and having a little bet. Don't worry about that. We always gamble responsibly. <laughs> and then we'll be cheering as well for uh, for race three, number five, at Sandown Park on Thursday, out for glory. It's been great to get to know you, Bree. Thank you. We, uh, we wish you all the best moving forward. And, and, and it's fabulous just to have somebody who we can hear is is so passionate about the sport, getting involved and, and doing it from a different code and, and having great success. So good luck moving forward. Thank you so much for that. Thanks means a lot. And that wraps up another tremendous edition. Yes, tremendous edition of the Greenlight on Premier Racing podcast. And I love just getting to know somebody like uh, Bree Robertson-Leach who who clearly has a, a really strong passion and, and wants to go somewhere in this great sport of greyhound racing. It's fabulous to see. If you want to know more about greyhound racing, you can follow GRV on the socials or head to grv.org.au. Download the Watchdog app too if you haven't already. If you haven't, you're about three years behind. Until next time, punters, safe travelling. And happy punting from the green light on Premier Racing family, but always gamble responsibly.